In this presentation, we will discuss who is a qualifying person with regard to the Child and Dependent Care Expenses Credit. Remember that this is a different credit than the Child Tax Credit. We're talking about the Child and Dependent Care Expenses Credit versus or not the Child Tax Credit. This will be in the Publication 503 or the information will be from Publication 503. Who is a qualifying person? Your child and dependent care expenses must be for care of one or more qualifying persons. So when we're thinking about the expenses that we had for the care of an individual that we would like to take as this credit, then they have to be a qualifying person. A qualifying person is, number one, your qualifying child who is your dependent and who was under age 13 when the care was provided, but see child of divorced and separated parents or parents living apart. We'll talk about that later, but that's the general rule. This, of course, is the most common type of qualification for this credit. Number two, your spouse who wasn't physically or mentally able to care for himself or herself and lived with you for more than half of the year. So the spouse could be there, so husband or wife could be there, but only if they're physically and mentally not able to care for, the, for themselves and live with you for more than half of the year. Number three, a person who wasn't physically or mentally able to care for himself or herself live with you for more than half the year and either A, was your dependent or B, would have been your dependent except that one, he or she received gross income of 4150 or more. Two, he or she filed a joint return. Or three, you or your spouse, if filing jointly, could be claimed as a dependent on someone else's 2018 return. So again, this would be kind of a, another kind of unusual case. You can see where the case uh, is in the same general area. A person who wasn't physically or mentally able to care for himself or herself not the the number two of course was similar however that was the spouse husband or wife here we're saying someone who is not the husband or wife still has the inability to care for themselves and live with you for more than half of the year uh, the expenses related to them may still then be uh, qualified under at least as a qualifying person now typically that would be then your dependent normally you would think well what if it wasn't the spouse but what if it was or a child but what if it was some dependent someone else that qualifies as a dependent and they were physically and mentally unable to care for themselves well that would typically be the case and they even have some exceptions above and beyond that's what b is saying b is saying even if they weren't a dependent then under these kind of unusual circumstances they would still uh, be something that you might be able to write off the care expenses so uh, these are going to be items that are there that usually disqualify them from being your dependent and would not then disqualify them from uh, having the expenses on the tax return. So he or she uh, has gross income, so the income test, which might be something that kicks them off from qualifying as a dependent. So they may not qualify as a dependent under that case, but still be able to take the expenses. Uh, filed a joint return. Again, that's usually something that means you can't, you can't claim them as a dependent. And then, of course, this one, if your spouse could be claimed as a dependent on someone else's return, probably a condition where then they might not be able to be claimed as a dependent on yours, but you may still be able to have the uh, qualifying person under these rules. Dependent defined. A dependent is a person other than you or your spouse for whom you could claim an exemption. And now note that this terminology is a little bit unusual now in 2018 because the exemptions have been basically removed. So we still have the dependent, we have the dependent uh, care or the dependent credits 
related to the qualified child or other dependent. So just note that that's probably there because of uh, old terminology. Before 2018, we had, of course, exemptions for the dependents, and now we have some other kind of benefits related to them. So in any case, moving on back to the text. To be your dependent, a person must be your qualifying child or your qualifying relative. However, the, deduction, the deductions for personal and dependency exemptions for tax years 2018 through 2025 are suspended and therefore the amount of the deduction is zero. But in determining whether you may claim a person as a, quali as a qualifying relative for 2018, the person's gross income must be less than 4150 not zero. Qualifying child. To be your qualifying child, a child must live with you for more than half the year and meet other requirements. So this is going to be the qualifying child, probably the most common type of uh, qualifying person for this credit. More information. For more information about who is a dependent or qualifying child, you can go to publication 501. So if there's any added questions, any unusual circumstance or any unusual situation, you want to check out publication 501. Physically or mentally not able to care for oneself. Persons who can't dress. And so this is, of course, a definition of what it means to be physically or mentally not able to care for oneself. So if we're looking at that type of situation, well, what does it mean in order to write off these expenses for someone to be physically and mentally not able to care for oneself? Here's what they're providing here. Persons who can't dress, clean, or feed themselves because of physical or mental problems are considered not able to care for themselves. Also, persons who must have constant attention to prevent them from injuring themselves or others are considered not able to care for themselves. Persons qualifying for part of year. So persons qualifying for part of year. You determine a person's qualifying status each day. For example, if the person for whom you pay child and dependent care expenses no longer qualifies on September 16th, count only those expenses through September 15th. Also see yearly limit under the dollar limit later. Birth or death or otherwise qualified person. So we're getting obviously the time limits here. So we're talking about the time limit and we could see some exceptions here. So what if in a case where there was a birth or death, then of course we have that partial year type thing again. Well, isn't that an exception? Wouldn't there be an exception you would think to uh, the time period that you'd have to live with someone? Back to the text. In determining whether a person is a qualifying person, a person who was born or died in 2018 is treated as having lived with you for more than half of 2018 if your home was their person's home more than half the time he or she was alive in 2018. So if someone, I mean, if they were born, you know, even at the end of the year, December 31st, then they were obviously living in your home. Uh, for that time period, 100% of the time period that they were here on the earth, uh, and as a separate thing, at least a separate person. <laughs> so then you're then you're good. Next item, back to the text: individual taxpayer identification I-10 for aliens. So now we've got the identification number. Normally, of course, we would have the social security number. Now we're talking about some other type of number. The IRS needs some number. We're some number to the IRS. So the other number is the individual taxpayer identification number. If your qualifying person is a non-resident or resident alien who doesn't have and can't get a social security number, SSN, use that person's ITIN, 
ITIN. The ITIN is entered wherever an social security number is requested on the tax return. If the alien doesn't have an ITIN, he or she must apply for one. See Form uh, W-7, Application for IRS Individual Tax uh, Identification Number. So you can go to irs.gov and you can look up the Form W-7 and go for there, look at the instructions as well. An ITIN is for tax use only. It doesn't entitle the holder to Social Security benefits or change the holder's employment or immigration status under U.S. law. All ITINs not used on the federal tax return at least once for tax years 2015, 16, 17 will expire on December 31st, 2018. Additionally, all ITINs issued before 2013 with middle digits, the fourth and fifth position, uh, I'll, I'll let you read those positions, will expire at the end of 2018. ITINs issued with middle digits, you can read those, are expired unless a renewal application was already submitted and it was approved. All expired ITINs must be renewed before being used on your tax return. You can see the irs.gov website for more information there. Adopt adoption taxpayer identification number. So this is the ATIN. So having to do with an adoption situation. So if we are in a situation with an adopted child, this would apply. If your qualifying person is a child who was placed in your home for adoption and for whom you don't have a social security number, you must get an ATIN, so A-T-I-N for the child. And once again, you can file the form uh, W-7A this time, which can be found on the irs.gov. So file form W-7A, application for taxpayer identification number pending U.S. adoptions. And again, go to the irs.gov and you can at least start to search that out. Type in W7A. Hopefully you can find the form and instructions related to that or at least where to go from there. Child of divorced or separated parents or uh, parents living apart. Even if you can't claim your child as a dependent, he or she is treated as your qualifying person if the first one. The child was under age 13 or wasn't physically or mentally able to care for himself or herself. So we have the age or once again, the exception for, for the caring, not being able to uh, physically or mentally able to care for themselves. The next item, the child received over half his, uh, half his or her support during the calendar year from one or both parents who are divorced or legally separated under a decree of divorce or separate maintenance and separated under a written separation agreement or lived apart at all times during the last six months of the calendar year. Next item, the child was in the custody of one or both parents for more than half the year and you are the child's custodial parent. So again, this would be kind of an unusual situation where the child of a divorce or separated parents or parents living apart. So even if you can't claim your child as a dependent, he or she is treated as your qualifying child, qualifying person if. So in other words, even if we don't have a dependent situation, they're not our dependent, they still might be a qualifying person and meet that test. And if they meet all other tests, we might still be able to get a credit related to these expenses. Back to the text. The custodial parent is the parent with whom the child lived for the greater number of nights in 2018. So the custodial parent, remember, it's kind of like the default parent. So if there's a question between the two parents, usually the custodial parent is the one that would claim the parent as the dependent and typically have 
any other kind of tax benefits related to it unless there's some kind of special circumstance within uh, the divorce. And if there's questions about who is the custodial parent and whatnot, typically the rule is that the, the who the child lived with the longest. That's going to be kind of rule number one, typically the person that that the child lived with more throughout the year and they define that as the number of nights typically back to the text if the child was with each parent for equal number of nights the custodial parent is the parent with a higher adjusted gross income so then if it's an even split which kind of often happens where in kind of a separation agreement there might be an even split in those cases between the number of nights that the child lives there it goes to the the person with a higher adjusted gross income my interpretation would be that the logic of that is that there would be more support you know financially with that person or something like that but in any case that's that's what the we have here so for details and an exception for parent who work at night see publication 501. so there might be an information you might you might say what if the other parent has the kid all day and 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 i have the kid all day and the other parent has the child all night because I work at night, right? That doesn't seem fair because they happen to be counting nights rather than days, maybe. So uh, there might be an exception in publication 501 in, in that kind of circumstance. Back to the text, the non-custodial parent can't treat the child as a qualifying person even if that parent is entitled to claim the child as a dependent on the special rules for a child of divorce or separate parents. 